Chapter 8 Kasiri Ticking while asleep is far preferable to the alternative. When I woke up, Kai was on her disc, sailing us toward Kasiri, seemingly unfazed by the timeless dimension we'd just passed through. This should be fun, she said to me. I have since learned that when Kaya says something is going to be fun, she means you're soon going to experience a near-death event. Dome view. Instantly, a detail I had only glimpsed in her glasses on Victalis interacted with the reality that was visible through the clear ceiling. It was amazing. Anything with a red tint to it is heading away from us. Blue was coming toward us. She was talking about the hues highlighting the rivers of color that flowed all around us. Purple is dark energy. I think that was the most normal tone I'd ever heard from Kaya. We were cruising toward Kasiri, and for that little moment, space felt safe to me. The NAVCOM creates the colors for us. The lighter the color, the faster the energy is moving. If you look behind us... I did. We were in the stream of lavender that wasn't highlighted in red or blue. That's a wave of dark energy being pulled toward the planet at close to the speed of light. We're surfing that wave, moving at the same speed. So, no red or blue shift, right? Right, good. Kaya then pointed at a swirl of green highlighted in brilliant blue closer to the planet ahead of us. You see that? Yeah? That's solar wind whipping around the backside of the planet and coming our way fast. It doesn't have the kick that dark energy does, but I'm going to use it for a break. Should save us some rocket fuel. Rockets? Again? You best buckle up. No sooner did I get into my chair than we hit that green cloud with the blue shift. Kaya pivoted 90 degrees on the disc just as if she was surfing a wave. Her arms spread out, low on the downside of her pivot, high on the upside. The ship made the same move, putting our hull into the green cloud, with the sails set to backfill. Even with the artificial gravity dampening our inertia, I had to hang on for dear life. I got myself seated and strapped in as Kaya jumped from the disc to her captain's chair. The nano-leather of the seat instantly bonded with its cousins in her pressure suit, so she didn't have to buckle up. Controls rose up from the consoles of the arms of the chair. For her right hand, there was a joystick. Her left had some kind of slider as big as her fist, both covered in buttons. Rig for re-entry. Water landing. Rigging. Aye, said the Lego. The sails folded outside of the ship and the masks retracted in a reverse ballet of what had happened at launch. The blast shields remained down, turning the bottom of the ship into a firewall and leaving us a clear view of space. Kaya worked her controls, which fired attitude rockets for steering. She pointed the hole toward the planet. Gravity off. Gravity off, I answered Leiko. I felt weightless for just an instant before Kaya pressed a button under her thumb and the retro rockets fired. A ton of bricks seemed to fall on my chest as the ship slowed down. Half an orbit away, we had been going near the speed of light. In a few minutes, we'd be at a standstill. That's a serious shift in energy. I did manage to scream, Are we having fun yet? Not yet! She's gotta be kidding me, I thought. But then everything went silent, and I was weightless again. For about one second. After that, we were engulfed in noise and flames and G-forces. By all that's holy. Kaya shouted back at me. Now we're having fun. That was her idea of fun? Noise, vibrations, and heat? Tons of heat. Then, 
The little flames that flickered around us from the hole grew into a wall of white-orange death. We were burning up in the atmosphere, sure to die any second now. And Kaya loved every minute of it. Yahoo! Her hair was black again, which seemed strange to me. I'd gotten used to that color just before a fight, but this wasn't the time for it. She steered us a little to port, and flames thickened up on the starboard side. Then she rocked us back to starboard in a big, lazy S-turn. Each shift was a new experience in G-forces for me. After she'd done this a few times, I had to ask, Are you crazy? What are you doing? Slowing us down, she shouted over the noise of the fire and wind. We were flying with all the grace and beauty of a rock, a molten hot ball of flame that had somehow managed to zig its way toward the planet below. The fire started to sputter out, but the ride was no less jarring. We bounced and bumped our way through density differentials in the atmosphere that felt like brick walls. I thought I'd break every tooth in my head as I clenched my jaw against the impacts. Kaya was now steering us straight, and we were leveling off in relation to the planet. Hang on! What do you think I've been doing? But she wasn't listening to me. Instead, she hit a button on her console, and parachutes unfurled from the fore and aft of the ship. I could see them streak over our heads. Just before they caught wind, I said, Uh-oh. And I was right. The jolt nearly separated every joint in my body. Then it got worse. The chute at the front of the ship broke free, leaving us dangling and spinning out of control. I thought my eyes would be pulled out of my head. Kaya shouted some choice swear words, then hit another button and the aft chute broke away. She got control of the ship again but we were coming in too fast. I hope the water's deep, she said, just before we hit the biggest bump of them all. Once again, my arms and legs went flying as we crashed into the sea. The hot metal of the blast shields cracked and popped as the water vaporized in the heat, creating billions of bubbles that mixed with the other billions of bubbles from the splashdown. We were completely engulfed in water and heading toward the bottom fast. Naturally, I thought we'd sink to our deaths. Then we stopped our descent and started to float. The rise to the surface came with a ton of relief. We weren't dead, and the bubbles were really cool. When we broke the surface, the light from the single sun of Kasiri bathed us in the kind of warmth only stars can provide. Ship, rig for wind, rigging for atmospheric sailing, I. The Laco would never stop amazing me. The sleeping masts once again did their dance. This time, they turned the space vessel into a seagoing schooner. The mast on the bottom of the ship deployed as a keel. The ones on deck made the Laco harken back to a simpler time. The solid wings that surfed on dark energy in space were made of shaping steel. It earned its name as it softened into sails that immediately filled with Kasiri wind. Compass reference, said Kaya. She'd gotten out of her seat and was strolling up and down the command deck, casually checking monitors. Negative compass. Planet's core is not magnetic. Radiation? Radiation levels all within merchant standard. How's that possible? I think Kaya meant to say that to herself, but the ship responded anyway. The magnetic fields of the three moons reflect stellar radiation. Good to know. Load Kasiri navigational references from their web. I figured it was safe to get out of my seat, but was having a tough time of it. I felt like someone was sitting on me. Kaya, uh, 
Why can't I move? Kasiri's gravity is about a G more than Victorless. It'll take some time to get used to. It was the strangest feeling, like someone had put giant rubber bands all over my body and connected them to the ground. I wanted to get up and look around, though, so I fought it as best as I could, and I managed to make it to the railing of the bridge. Kaya was studying some maps on a screen at the command desk. Make our heading. She studied the map more closely. Then, 49 degrees, best speed. Coming to 49 degrees at best speed, I Drop the dome. Warning, warning, medical alert. Laco's warning voice was particularly annoying. Kaya outshouted it. Yeah, yeah, I got it. She pulled out two hypodermic needles from her little refrigerator on the command deck, and before I knew what was happening, she'd stuck me in the butt. Ow! Sorry. No, she wasn't. New planet, new vaccine. But I was born here! She hadn't thought of that. Oh, yeah. Well, no harm done. Says you. I had a little harm on my backside. Kai injected herself, then told the ship, Log Gasiri vaccinations administered to passenger and crew. Duly noted. Now, drop the dome. I kind of got the feeling that Kaya and Leiko were like an old married couple, but that feeling was quickly vanquished when the clear dome around the ship retracted beneath the hull. Fresh air. Kasiri has terrific fresh air. For the first time in what seemed like a lifetime, there wasn't a roof over my head. Kaya must have felt the same way, because she went right up to the bow of the ship to bask her now blonde hair in the sun and spray of the sea. Lako steered in the direction of wherever we were going, the port closest to my grandparents' place. I left the bridge and joined Kaya at the bow. We didn't talk for a good long time. Then she said, It's nice here. Yeah, I admitted. But was it home? We had a 36-hour trip ahead of us, and the gravity exhausted me. Kaya suggested I lie down, but I wanted to stay out in the fresh air and see as much of Kasiri as I could, even if that was nothing but ocean at the moment. I finally found a place on the deck where I could lie flat and still see the horizon when I turned my head. The sun was warm, but spray from the sea cooled me off. After a while, I spotted ships in the distance. One, in particular, seemed to be running parallel to us a long way off. Incoming message, said Laco, out of nowhere. Let's hear it. She was busy doing something up on the command deck. Unidentified vessel, came a male voice over the speakers. This is the Coast Guard cruiser off your starboard bow. Please identify yourself. Hail them back. Have them repeated in a language I can understand. I can understand it. They were speaking Adish, my parents' native tongue. It's the most common language on Kasiri, so anywhere off the planet, it's called Kasirian. What did he say? He's from the Coast Guard cutter off our starboard bow. He wants us to identify ourselves. Apparently the Laco had sent Kaya's request for a new language, because the Coast Guard guy's voice was back. Adish is the official language of all Kasirian seagoing vessels. Please identify yourself. What now? After all this time of just being a passenger, I was suddenly useful. I liked that. He's telling you that Adish is the official language of Kasirian Seas and that we should identify ourselves. Okay, I'm going to tell you what to say, and you repeat it loud and clear, all right? I agreed, and Kaya told the ship, Open mic. Mic is open. You're speaking directly. 
tell him this. My name is Kaya. Kaya came over and sat down beside me with her back to the bow. We are space merchant ship on a commission by Sir Janus Alatus, cleared by the Kassiri Space Command. I repeated what she said verbatim, and we waited. It took longer than I would have thought for him to get back to us. What's he doing? Checking our clearance with the Space Authority, I'm sure. Also, probably scanning us for radiation and anything their technology can detect. Just then, the voice said, Copy that, Kaya. Welcome to Kasiri. Please stow all weapons, make your heading 55 degrees, and we will escort you in. Estimated travel time to Port Adolan is 32 local hours. Tell them okay, after I did, she said. Close the mic and make our heading 55 degrees. Microphone closed. Steering 55 degrees, I. Four and a half hours. No, he said 32. I meant it took their military four and a half merchant hours to make contact. And they were expecting us. Is that good? Depends on your point of view. If you'd like to take over this planet. It's very good. Most warlords can build a strong beachhead in that time. She let the subject drop and went back to the bridge. I didn't concern myself too much with Kaya's security observation. I wasn't as paranoid as she was. But like they say, it's not paranoia, if you're right. <laughs>